have one basic premise tonight. I want every one of us, before we're finished in just a few minutes, to understand and believe that serving the Lord will be hard. It will be challenging. It will be difficult. It will be painful. It will be discouraging. It will be tough. It will be lonely. If you're going to serve the Lord. Now listen. I didn't say if you're going to be a Christian. But if you're going to serve the Lord. You will face opposition. And adversity. Let me clarify that. You know. You can be a Christian without serving the Lord, but you can't serve the Lord without being a Christian. If you're going to serve the Lord, victory will not come easy. Very often in pursuit of your God-given goals, you won't be exactly sure what you're doing or why you're doing it. If you're going to serve the Lord... I'm talking about if you're going to try to accomplish God's will for your life, if you're going to try to make things happen, the things that God wants you to make happen in your life. You understand, God didn't save you and then give you as a purpose you getting rich so that you could have fun. You understand, God didn't save you so that you could have a more enjoyable temporal life so that your Three score and ten can be more pleasurable. God didn't save you for that purpose. And if you're going to serve the Lord, the obstacles, if, I mean, if you're going to go after it. Do we all understand? We're talking about if you're, if you're going to go after accomplishing something and this something that God wants you to accomplish. If you're going to go after it, the obstacles and the obstructions will be non-stop. If you're going to serve the Lord, you will never seem to have all of the resources you need. If you're going to serve the Lord on just about a daily basis, you'll be tested physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. If you're going to serve the Lord, the more faithful and committed you are to the cause of Christ, the more fierce the opposition you will face. You say, Pastor, you said that you had one basic premise. Well, that's it. It's got a lot of, a lot of subpoints to it. One basic premise, and let me summarize it this way. My one basic premise is serving, truly serving the Lord is going to be very hard. In case this sounds too negative, let's see what the Bible says about serving the Lord. And this is where I'm going to ask you just to listen. By the way, I didn't go into the Old Testament at all. Not because I don't believe in going into the Old Testament. But there is that certain sentiment that just thinks that the Old Testament is such a such a different climate that you can't, and I don't believe this, but just for sake of argument, uh, I, I'm pointing out 
that there are those who, yeah, well, you can't really take that seriously because that's, you know, that's Israel, that's Old Testament, so forth. So for that reason, all the scripture I'm going to give you is from the New Testament and about the church age that we're in. Let me say that I could very easily have compiled well over a hundred verses. That's not just a guess. That's that's a that's what I chose to leave off. I decided to stop at 30. I want you to listen to what I'm going to read you and tell me if you still agree when I'm done. Well, don't tell me. Tell yourself. If you still agree when I'm done, that the statement, the premise I just gave you is too pessimistic. That serving the Lord is going to be very hard. Accomplishing anything for God, anything of eternal significance, is going to be very hard. Let me give you some words from the Bible. These are all in order of as they are found in the New Testament, starting in Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. This is the first recorded sermon of Jesus. And he says, Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Matthew 10, 22. Ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Matthew 16, 24. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Luke 21, 12. They shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. John 15, verse 20. Remember the word that I said unto you, The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. John 16, verse 2. The time cometh that whosoever killeth you will think that he doeth God's service. John 16, 33. In the world ye shall have tribulation. John 17, verse 14. Jesus is talking about his disciples, including us. The world hath hated them. Because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Acts 5, verse 41. They departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Acts 14, verse 22. We must, through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 9. A great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 5, the sufferings of Christ abound in us. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 8 through 10, we're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We're perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Oh, I hope you're listening tonight. 
I hope you're paying attention to the scripture and letting it soak in as you hear evidence after evidence after evidence from the Bible that this thing that we are pursuing, going after eternal work, the eternal work of the Lord, it's hard. It's it's a challenge. Things are not going to just fall into place. It's not going to be smooth. It's not going to be easy. 2 Corinthians 6 verses 4 and 5. In all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, and that's talking about whip marks, stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. Can I stop and say this? Because we're just getting started here. When I see what it cost the Apostle Paul, and when I read what it has cost missionaries and preachers over the last 20 centuries to get the Word of God preached, let me just be frank and, and transparent with you. I wonder that I should expect anything at all to happen for God under my ministry. I've never been whipped for the gospel's sake. I've never been put in. I'm not, I'm not asking to. But look at what it cost him. What makes us think that because we read three chapters and took ten minutes to go over our prayer list, that revival's going to fall? <laughs> I'm just saying. Second Corinthians 11, verse 23. In labors more abundant, in stripes, there's those stripes again. We're talking about being beaten, whipped 39 times. In stripes above measure, in prisons more frequent, in deaths often. Of the Jews, five times received I 40 stripes, save one. That's where I got the number 39 from. Thrice was I beaten with rods. Once was I stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day. Isn't it funny? This is just, this is just us, right? We, we hear shipwreck and something else goes, well, that's not so bad. <laughs> None of us have ever been through it once. Well, that's not so bad. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. Talking about out in the ocean. Out in deep waters, treading water for a night and a day. In journeyings often, in perils of water, perils of robbers, perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, in painfulness, in watchings often, in other words, I had to stay awake and keep guard because you didn't know who was coming, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness, and besides those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. In other words, while I'm facing all of these physical challenges, I carry the burden 
of the spiritual strength of the churches that I serve. Galatians 6, 17, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the wounds. Ephesians 3, verse 13, I desire that ye faint not at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Philippians 1, 29, unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 3 and 4, that no man should be moved by these afflictions, for yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. We are appointed to afflictions. For verily when we were with you, we told you before that we should suffer tribulation. 1 Timothy 4.10, we both labor and suffer reproach. Reproach means being an outcast because we trust in the living God. 2 Thessalonians 1, verses 4 and 5. In all your persecutions and tribulations that ye endure, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that ye may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, for which ye also suffer. Well, I don't know about you, that verse scares me. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to heaven. We know how you get to heaven. But when it says that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God, in other words, this passage, he's saying to the people in 2 Thessalonians, in the church in Thessalonica, he's saying the fact that you are persecuted and you face tribulations means that God is testing you so that you will be worthy of living in his eternal kingdom. Not so you'll get there. We know that happens by grace, uh, by grace through faith. But once you get there, have you ever considered that? Once I get there, will I be worthy? You say, well, none of us is worthy of it. None of us deserves it. But there will, by this passage and in a number of others, there will be those that when they get there, not that they've earned being in heaven, but they feel more at home than a whole lot of the rest of us. Because they suffered for the name of Jesus Christ. I wonder how many people are going to be running around in heaven who never even let people know they're a Christian going, I'm glad I'm here for sure, but, but I, really don't, I, mean, I don't belong here. 2 Timothy 1.8 Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God. 2 Timothy 2.3 Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. 2 Timothy 3.12 Yea, and all that will live live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 4.5 Watch thou in all things endure afflictions. Hebrews 13 verse 13 Let us go forth therefore unto him, unto Jesus, without the camp, meaning outside of the mainstream, bearing His reproach. James 1, verses 2 and 3. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. James 1, 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. 1 Peter 1, verses 6 and 7. Ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. 
that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Last one, 1 Peter 4.12. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. And so I repeat what I said at the, at the beginning. If you're going to serve the Lord, it's going to be hard. So he said, well, pastor, it's been pretty negative. You're trying to bum me out? No, not one bit. First of all, if you, if you haven't really engaged in serving the Lord, I want you to know what you're signing up for to some degree. But really, I'm talking to those of you, and typically a Sunday night crowd is people that you, you're in it. And you, face the, you have faced the opposition. You have faced the obstacles. You have, you have endured, you have experienced what it means to try to do the will of God, and you just you feel like you're just sometimes ramming your head against a concrete wall. How many of you could say, "Yeah, don't raise your hand. My hands, both my hands are up." That sometimes trying to pursue the purposes of God is like ramming your head against a concrete wall, like over and over and over again. So you're trying to bum me out? No. But I want to say four things. We'll be all finished. There'll be other things before, besides those four things, but there are four things I want to say before I'm finished. If you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, first of all, you won't value the importance of endurance. Now I am going to ask you to turn to a few passages, and I want you to see them. Turn to Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, and would you read this out loud with me? Hebrews chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 and 2. And tell me, please, if serving the Lord is not going to be hard, why did God give us this passage? Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, let's read it together. Ready? Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is written to people who are weary in the race. And the writer, who I believe to be the Apostle Paul, but that doesn't matter, comes from God, that's what matters, says, if you're weary in the race, look at Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him, in other words, Jesus had uh, the ultimate eternal goal. Jesus was dying for the sins of all mankind, those who lived before him and those who would live after him. If Jesus didn't endure, Abraham would have to go to hell. 
If Jesus didn't endure, take any hero from the Old Testament that you want to, if Jesus didn't endure, Moses, David, Daniel, Joseph, all those heroes of faith of the Old Testament would have no redeemer. The only reason that Adam was allowed to breathe one more breath after he sinned, instead of being cast into hell like Satan was when he sinned. Jesus said, I saw Satan cast out of heaven like lightning. That's how fast it happened the moment Satan rebelled. But Adam, God came looking for him. What's the difference? The difference is for Adam there was a redeemer in place. But if that redeemer, Jesus Christ, didn't endure, Adam had to go to hell. Which obviously wasn't going to happen. So I don't get in all those what if, what would have happened if it wasn't going to and it didn't. That doesn't change the fact that the man, Jesus, had to endure. Who for the joy that was set before him. I'm going to do this and all men and women who choose to will live forever. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. So number one, if you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, you won't value the importance of endurance. Now those of us who have been in church for a long time, we all have Christian friends who have not endured. I went to Bible college. I praise the Lord that the people that I got closest to are still in the ministry. But I know a whole lot of people who have not endured in the service of the Lord. And I believe one reason they didn't endure is because they did not understand at the outset, this is going to be hard! And so when it gets hard, and when I find myself saying, what's going on? Nothing's working! (laughs) I shouldn't even confess this. But I mean, I get at my lowest points. And I I feel like I'm being critical to God. I'm criticizing me right now by telling you that I've ever done this. I'll go, God, can anything go right? (laughs) And then I'll immediately ask forgiveness. I have learned not to say this. I have said it, but I don't think I say it anymore. Lord, can anything else go wrong? Oh, man, don't even say that. (laughs) But when it gets hard, and I mean everything, just, just all problems, no answers, all needs, no resources. And I'm just reminded. I think it's the Spirit of God that reminds me. You knew it was going to be hard. You knew it was going to be a challenge. But you stick with me. We'll get there. If you don't know that that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, you won't value the importance of endurance. Also, if you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, you won't pursue the power of prayer. Now, this is why we started in Ephesians 6.18. But turn there again. I hope that's not too much of a... Hardship for you, but Ephesians chapter 6. 
Folks, we have got to figure out. And I don't know why I'm so hard-headed. And I guess it's my flesh, my pride, and all that wickedness that thinks that I can get things done. If I just try a little harder, I can get through this. If I just work a little harder, if I just, if I just had a little more self-discipline, if I, just had, if I was just a little more organized, and all the while God's saying, yeah, you need to do all that. You need to work hard. You need to be self-disciplined. You need to be organized. But here's your first need. Ephesians 6.18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. If we're not praying, we're not going to win no matter what else we do. And every time that I am reminded that this thing that I have given my life to is hard, it's beyond hard, it's impossible. That's why we have to have a God who can do the impossible. Every time I'm reminded of it, that must first and foremost be a call to prayer. A call to prayer. If you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, first of all, you won't value the importance of endurance. Secondly, you won't pursue the, the uh, power of prayer. Thirdly, you won't know where to find your strength. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. If you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, you won't know where to find your strength. Here's a lesson that God continues to teach me, and the reason he continues to teach me is because I continue to refuse to learn it. But we live in a world that values physical assets and resources. If I have a car that runs, then all my transportation needs are met. If I am physically healthy and capable and strong, then all of my logistical needs are met. If I have plenty of money, then uh, all, the, all my financial and resource needs are met. We live in a world, we live in a country that honestly believes if I were just wealthy, everything would be fine. And that is such a lie. That is absolutely a lie. Your resources are not in your bank. Your resources are not in your physical health. Your resources are not in the, in the material things that you own. You can be victorious if the furnace is running. You can be victorious if the furnace isn't running. That's what Paul meant when he's... You know, you know Philippians 4.13 is almost always used out of context, and I'll continue. It's, a, it's, a, it's an awesome verse, and, and it's great, and I don't... But when Paul said, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me, check the context. He, what he was saying with, is, when my stomach's full, I can continue in Christ. When my stomach is empty, I can continue in Christ. He said, whether I abound or whether I am abased, I can do all things through Christ. Now I'm all for, you know, hey, come on, we can do this. We got God in our sides. I, got, I can do all things through Christ. But understand the point that he was making in Philippians chapter 4 is your outer circumstances do not determine whether you can succeed or fail. So where are your resources? Look at First Corinthians, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, this verse has brought me comfort so much over the years. 
2 Corinthians 4, verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, that's all of the external, physical, material things, though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, just let me testify if you would please, and if you can identify, fine. If you can't, then learn from my testimony. How many times after a period of victory and praising the Lord and, oh, God, you're so good and this is so great and I can't imagine it. Anything could ever be better. And then all of a sudden, it seems like everything at once just drops into the toilet. I mean, I can't imagine. I don't know a better way to say it. Everything at once just comes crashing down. And all of a sudden, I find it more necessary to go get this fixed and go find the solution to this and go go uh, look figure how figure this out and I find it more necessary to do all those things than I do to pursue God on my knees and pursue His truth in His Word and then I go back to God and I say God still not working here yeah because you forgot something Joe though your outward man perish. Yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So in other words, when everything (coughs) falls apart at the same time, you're still supposed to get your spiritual nourishment for that day. You're still supposed to come to me. Coming to God in the morning to get those truths that sustain you It's not just a little whipped cream on top of the Sunday. That's your your meat and potatoes. Getting, listen, if you miss everything else, get this. Getting your spiritual nourishment from God in the morning is the meat and potatoes of your spiritual life. Because that is how you are renewed in your inward man day by day. And we freak out about the outer circumstances. And God says, you haven't learned yet that, hey, you can take this. You can get to your destination if you are strong on the inside, spiritually, spiritually. If you don't know that the life you've chosen, we're almost finished here. If you don't know the life you've chosen, it'll be exceeding. Why don't you turn to Romans 8 while I'm, while I'm reviewing Romans 8. If you don't know that the life you've chosen will be exceedingly difficult, you won't value the importance of endurance. You won't pursue power in prayer. You won't know where to find your strength. And last of all, you won't treasure your eternal rewards. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. I reckon, and he's saying more than just, you know, where my wife's from. I reckon he's saying more than that. He's saying, I have chosen, this is is where I'm at. He's saying, this is where I've chosen for my life's philosophy to be. This is where I am. I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. 
Sometimes, and we're all done. You can close your Bible. We're all finished. Sometimes, if you're all finished, Pastor, then go ahead and shut up. No, <laughs> we're all finished with most of it. Sometimes when you're really going through spiritual struggles and opposition, sometimes, let me just say, let's say it this way. Sometimes when I'm really going through it, and I'm going, I'll tell you, I mean, I've told you about it, but I've just, uh, that, that Monday night while they were all at Capital Connection and I was in that motel room, I just, I mean, I felt like, I felt like half of Satan's army was in there fighting me. And when you're really going through it, stop for a moment, remind yourself, this is not forever. My forever is going to be awesome. I'm not sure. I mean, you know, we talk about mansions and streets of gold and all that. I don't really think that's how we're going to measure it. But it's going to be awesome. It's going to be victory. It's going to be glory. That's the word right there from the verse we just read. Glory. Nothing negative. Never a pain. Never a fever. Never a bill. Never a, never a doubt. Never, never an argument. Nothing but glory. And I truly believe, and based on Daniel 12, 3, based upon all kinds of scripture, based upon that scripture we just read, I truly believe the more that we are willing to endure in pursuit of God's purposes in this life, the more the glory is going to be. I do not believe heaven's going to be the same for, for everyone. Now, if it is, I'm okay with that. I, whatever heaven is, I want what God has for us. But as I look at the Bible, I truly believe that the more we endure, the more glory there's going to be. And so when you face hardship, when you face difficulty, when you face the testing, just remind yourself, all right, this is going to pass, but the glory is going to be forever. It's going to be awesome. I can get through this. I can stay with God on this. Let's stand together.